himself back from Boston. Landing safely back home, and he joins us now. Nobody asks better post-game questions than this guy, I'll tell you that. He is our friend, our quasi-teammate, and the Bucks writer for The Athletic. You can read every word he writes like I do, which is a smart way to follow the Bucks. It is Eric Name on Wildean's House. Eric, good morning. How are you today? Uh, I'm fantastic. I landed in Milwaukee, and somehow it's 75 degrees outside, so I literally don't think I could be better right now. Uh, could the Bucks be any better right now? After that game and the way that game finished, uh, I think it'd be pretty tough. I think it'd be pretty tough. It was, uh, you know, just just to me, kind of a, a summation of all the things that they've been over the last two years. Where you know, last year on that title run, they kept having their backs against the wall, and you kept thinking they weren't going to be able to do something, and they just respond in the biggest moments <laughs> and. You know, they come back from 14 down in the fourth quarter. Al Horford has a putback dunk with two minutes left, and TD Garden is louder than I think I've ever heard a basketball arena before. And the Bucks just come down. Giannis calmly drains a three. Drew calmly drains a three. They manage to get their way back into it. And then Drew Holiday makes uh, – and, again, this is really saying something because uh, – Giannis and Drew both made some pretty impressive defensive plays uh, during last postseason run, but that block Drew Holiday made is is maybe the most impressive defensive play I've ever seen. It's it's just unbelievable that he managed to get the block, stay in bounds, keep the ball, throw it off Marcus Smart. Like there there's there's one player on the planet that can make that play, and it's Drew Holiday. Yeah, and I heard you. I heard you asking him about how he knew where he was, and I, I think he was talking about how when you're in a corner for a corner three, you just kind of have a feel for it. Um, I, I am curious though. Before we get to that play and and the way they finished, what are you thinking? You know this team as well as anyone. They get run out of the gym in the fourth quarter at home in game four, and now they're sitting down 14 in the fourth quarter. Are you thinking what most people are thinking? Or because of you seeing the heart of this championship team previously, are you thinking they could still come back and do what they did, making all six of their threes and making all the plays down the stretch? I didn't think they had it in them on you know, Wednesday night, right? Like, I, I thought there was a real possibility that, you know, you just, I, I'm not going to say you pack it in, but I, I think the Bucks went into that game thinking in their heads, uh, at least certainly that's what I was thinking, that Giannis isn't losing game six in Milwaukee. So that means you have two chances to grab one in Boston. Either it can be game five or game seven. In my head, you go down 14, two minutes into the fourth quarter. Well, Wednesday night's probably not going to be the night. That's probably not going to be the one that you're going to steal in Boston. So, uh, you know, don't get injured in the final 10 minutes. See if you can figure some things out against the Celtics and and get yourself ready for game six to fight off elimination on Friday and then pack your bags up again and head there for game seven on Sunday. And in my mind, I thought that's where we were going. But uh, this team can often be full of surprises. And this is a team that, told us again and again that they believed in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday talked about how he believed in himself. He was going to keep taking shots, and 
that's exactly what he does. Bobby Portis, after the game, was telling us about how, you know, he can't make a bucket right now. He can't hit a shot, but he doesn't care. He finds a way. He finds uh, an offensive rebound to get there. Same thing with Wesley Matthews. He had a big one that sets up Giannis. Giannis takes us three, which I think I heard the groans from Milwaukee as he teed that one up. And there it is. Like, he, he hits it in that moment. And there was never a doubt in his mind that he should shoot it, that that was the shot to take. And uh, there was just so many of those moments where it's like, oh, yeah, those are the champs. The champs are, are back here in Boston. And, yeah, maybe Chris Middleton isn't there right now, but those other dudes all did it last year, uh, and they're ready to do it again. Eric, when you look at kind of the, the differences in what – you know, Budenholzer did with the rotation. Is it the Bobby Portis move that was kind of that really jumped out at you, or his minutes went way up, and obviously he performed and made a couple of big plays late? Is that what you anticipate going into Game Six as well? You know, I think they found something there because last year, you know, everyone always kind of thinks of this Bucks team as. You know, they space it out around Giannis, they shoot the threes, and they do all of that. And that was a lot of what Bobby did last year. But the other thing that the Bucks did offensively, they committed to the defensive end. And on offense, they just said, you know what, we're bigger, we're stronger, and we're tougher than anybody else out there. We are going to crash the offensive glass. We are going to make you box us out every single time down the floor. That's just what we're going to do. That's our identity. Yeah, maybe we're not hitting shots, but we're just going to be bigger, stronger, and tougher. And I, I, it's a credit to Boone Holder that he leaned into it. And, you know, it was a credit, of, credit to Bobby Fortis in the Pat Connaughton that they held up on switches just slightly better. There was still some good shots from the Celtics, as all the guys talked about after the game. You know, they, there is some luck involved, right? Like the Celtics do have to miss some shots that were probably shots that they liked or thought were good shots. But you have Bobby Portis staying in front of guys, forcing them into jump shots, which obviously are going to have a higher probability of missing than a layup. Same thing with Pat Connaughton. Both those guys just competed on the defensive end, and then they could just get enough offensively. So, yeah, I do think trusting Bobby Portis is a, is a big thing that you saw in Game 5 that uh, I'm not sure if this is exactly how they unlock everything going into, going into Game 6 because the offense has been – really rough this entire series. Uh, but I do think that's something that they can have some confidence in, that, all right, you know what, if the shots aren't falling, we can still do that thing that we did last year. And, yeah, Wesley Matthews isn't as big as P.J. Tucker. Uh, same thing with Pat Connaughton. But, you know, Bobby Portis is still Bobby Portis. We can still hit the glass with him and Brooke and Giannis. We can still do all those things. So, to me, it was just kind of – uh, of them remembering how they did it last year and leaning into it and really trusting it as opposed to trying to go small and match those guys up uh, speed for speed. Yeah, so, Eric, I mean, Giannis has been unbelievable, and he's had so many great big moments, obviously the finals last year. But last night was impressive. Where do you rank what he was able to do to keep the team in it in the second quarter and to you know hit the clutch three? Where do you rank last night's performance in the scope of Giannis as a Milwaukee Buck? Man, I mean, I put it in my story, but that's his sixth 40-point, 10-rebound playoff performance. Uh, that's him on the road 
in a spot to open it up for for a game six. I, I mean, I think back to game five last year in Phoenix where it was kind of the same thing. He has the monster dunk. Um, that's that's right up there in the pantheon of his performances all time. And, you know, I, I think one thing that really sticks out in this series is that, uh, you know, I, I try to tell people that, you know, if Giannis struggles in game one or game two, and Bud said something similar uh, about this at the start of the series, is, Giannis tends to figure it out. Like, th- there's there's only so many ways you can defend him. And if he gets to see you every other night for two weeks, he's going to figure some things out. And I, I just remember very clearly uh, at the end of their first playoff run together, Bud and Giannis, um, you know, I talked to Giannis about playing against the Celtics and Al Horford giving them some problems in the first couple games of that series. The Bucks ended up winning that series in five in the second round. And I, I just remember him saying, and I'm not going to curse, but, you know, he said, after two games, my back hurt. And I knew if my back hurt, Al Horford's back blanking hurt. Because I, that's just how it is. Like, if I'm hurting, that dude's older than me. Like, that's how it's going to be. And I just kept remembering that at the start of the series. It's like, yeah, okay, Al Horford's holding up. Grant Williams is holding up. Those, that's a lot of contact all the time. And I know there's been lots of discussions about how physical this series is. And, I mean, every every single possession is just a war in this series. Just a battle for every inch of space on the floor. But there's one dude that's in his athletic prime that's the best player on the planet. And then there's a lot of other dudes that, you know, are maybe younger and and shorter or, you know, same height but older. Like, you can throw bodies at him, but there's only one body that looks like Giannis. There's only one body that performs like Giannis. And you can do it for a couple games, but at some point, your body is not built like his. And he knows that, and he figures it out. I thought that second quarter, like you, you brought up, Tosh, was just an excellent example. Like, that second quarter was awful. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And all of a sudden, at halftime, it's a seven-point game. And it's a seven-point game because Giannis scored 15 points. He figured out, all right, everybody else does not have it going right now. I tried to get everybody going in the first quarter. That didn't work. They need 15 points from me right now so that we can stay in this game and be in this spot. And that's exactly what happened. And obviously the, the third quarter didn't go quite as well as they would have liked, but they kept it close enough. And, and down the stretch, Giannis just made big play after big play. He did. And then one of the things that I found really fun at the end, he's obviously he's bleeding. He's shooting free throws. They're, you know, it's like Rocky Balboa. They're gluing him up on the sideline. And then in his post game, I thought it was pretty interesting. What was you're sitting in there? What was it like when he was talking at the end about, you know, the the whole? Does he get paid? Is it just was that him just being whimsical? Whimsical, or can you kind of take us in what the context of that quote was? Because it is getting a lot of attention. Yeah, to me, it felt like uh, I often feel like in. In moments where series get very uh, serious, Giannis typically on the podium tries to lean into funny guy Giannis. Uh, there's, there's funny guy Giannis. There's philosopher Giannis. Uh, obviously, you know, we got to see some of philosopher Giannis when the Bucks went down early in the finals last year. And, uh, you know, he had the great quote, quote about ego and all of that. But when, 
when the series is close and the Bucks do something good, Giannis tends to try to not talk about the good things because uh, we've found out over the years that he's very superstitious. He doesn't want to jinx things. He doesn't want to say, oh, I figured this out or I figured that out or, you know, this is how we do it. He tends to try to deflect in those moments. Uh, and, you know, that was a question that I asked about, hey, you know, you've known Chris forever. Uh, you know, you've known him for nine years. You've only known Drew for two years. I know your relationship with him well. But what is that relationship like for you and Drew? And, you know, right away, it's a joke out of it, right? He hits me with, it's blossoming. It's blooming. This is, the, you know, but, but I love him. And then he gets serious for a little bit. But then on the way out, he, he starts to joke around again. Um, I made very little of it. Uh, I think Giannis was just kind of having some fun at the end of that because I, I think, I had gotten him to a place where he's like, oh, Eric just asked me a very serious question. I gave a very serious answer. Uh, let's, not, let's not stay here. Let, let's, let's go somewhere else. Let's, let's make a joke real quick and, and try to get out of here. The headline at The Athletic, Drew Holiday's defensive genius lifts Bucks over Celtics in crucial game five. Eric got Drew Holiday one-on-one. You can read everything that Drew said as he explained what happened in the closing moments of the game. Also refers back to a piece that Eric did earlier this season about his ability on defense. All right, Eric, two quick ones so you can get caught up on your sleep um, and get back to work. The lineup that they went with down the stretch uh, with Wesley Matthews on the on the court and with Bobby Portis, uh, I thought what was impressive about that fourth quarter, for as much as you and Tausch just got done talking about how great Giannis was, and he was, was how they got contributions from everybody else, right? Pat Connaughton makes the free throws. Bobby Portis has the offensive rebound off the missed free throw. Wesley Matthews has the three. I I just, is that a lineup that if they don't have Chris Middleton back in this series, which I don't know if you've gotten your hopes up for that at all or not, is that the lineup that they need to lean into in order to get this game six and get this series wrapped up? So I, I think one of the things I've thought about throughout this series is the fact that um, you can see how much all of this is taken out of Giannis. And, and I think what is hard without Chris, without, uh, you know, just having their full group of players is that I don't think you can put too much extra on Giannis's plate. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you find this lineup that you think might work, but it stresses him out uh, a little bit extra defensively or offensively, it, it just takes a little bit too much out of him because they don't have the creators offensively. You know, they don't have kind of what they can do defensively uh, with Chris. And, and I just thought that's kind of what we saw in game four, you know, as he was so gassed. In, in that fourth quarter, I just thought, you know, they tried to do do the small ball thing at the end of the third quarter, throw a knockout punch. It didn't work. And because it didn't work, then all of a sudden Giannis was just like, I got nothing in the tank. Like, I, I can't, I can't keep doing this. And, and I, to me, I think it's a lineup that can work. I just don't think that they are in a position where they can afford to lean too far 
into a strange lineup. Like, they just have this eight-man rotation. They need all eight men in that rotation to be able to contribute and to be able to do uh, enough to make it so Giannis can get through uh, because he's just being asked to do so much. So I do think it is a lineup that we're going to see more of. I do think, you know, if they think they can hold up on switches, uh, which, if I'm being honest, they did in the fourth quarter, but if if I know Ime Yudoka, like I think I know him, they're going to figure out, okay, we did not target Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton well enough. We, we just didn't do it well enough in the fourth quarter. And if you roll that lineup out for 15, 20 minutes again, they are going to have ways to beat it. And so I think it's, it's something that you can use sparingly. You can use sparse. It's a different thing that they have. Um, so – I, I do think there is something there, but I do also think like this is how the playoffs work. You find something for one game, that team gets to obsess over it for 48 hours, and then they're ready for it the next time. So uh, I think it's always about kind of having that next thing that you can go to. So maybe it's leaning more into Brooke Lopez. Uh, they didn't post him up all that much uh, in game five. Maybe they do some more of that in game. So, like, there's all, it's always about the next punch in a playoff series this tightly contested. All right, Eric, Rise is coming out on Disney+. Plus. Is is Benedict Cumberbatch playing you, or who's playing you in that film? <laughs> uh, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is a, a little bit too handsome of a man for me. They, I, I don't know. Is, like, Danny DeVito okay. available for me? Like, you're not to find a more cool character. All right. Like, All right. Yeah, I, All right. I, I, just, I don't know if they'd paint me in such a positive light. All right, Danny DeVito, get some rest. Thanks, buddy. We appreciate your help. All right, sounds good to you guys. That is our buddy Eric Name. More next. It's Wilde and Tausch.